Oh, oh, one more thing. Welcome to One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. And uh, this week we're talking about Fade Into Murder, which originally aired October 10th, 1976, starring William Shatner, Lola Albright, and of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. Now, every episode of the podcast, we're joined by a special guest. This time around, we're welcoming Maggie Sirota. But before we bring her in, hey, R.J. Yes, well, this episode, uh, it's kind of interesting, William Shatner... Uh, plays actor Ward Fowler, who's uh, the star of a wildly popular, so we're told, uh, detective television show <laughs> called Detective Lucerne. Um, at the same time, uh, we meet him taping a show and being kind of a jerk. Uh, we switch over to his agent slash former lover slash producer, who's really, really working hard to get him a raise in salary. Why? Because she's been blackmailing him for years and years and years. He finally wants to get out from under this, comes up with a plan to murder her, steals a prop gun, and a bunch of clothes from the studio, uh, stages a robbery in her favorite deli while she's ordering a sandwich, which is a terrible way to go, uh, murders her, gets rid of the stuff, and then from then on out, it's Columbo trying to figure out how he did it, trying to trap him, and that's pretty much it. It's Columbo matching wits with William Shatner. So, there's the point, deal. Point of order, RJ. Yes. If, uh, if dying while ordering a sandwich is terrible, uh, I'm afraid I'm probably going to die terribly. Yeah, there's worse yeah. ways though. But I mean, it, it's. I mean, there's probably worse ways. But if it's someplace like a deli you enjoy, that'd be really sad. If it's a place you don't go to that often, then it's fine. That's <laughs> that's that's how you the know, Lord has chosen you to leave this world. I don't think. I think just with the, the amount of hours I spend every day ordering sandwiches, that <laughs> it's just inevitable. So. <clears throat> I'll try to keep, I'll try to change up the locations though, so it doesn't become a shock to the clientele. Right. All right. So, Maggie, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? Not too bad. Now, um, let let me start off. Actually, first, before we start getting into this thing, um, I know you're a big fan of Columbo. Yeah. Columbo, great deal. Uh, how how did you come to Columbo? Um, I've always liked Peter Falk. I've always just kind of liked. I don't know, it's just like Jewish actors from a certain era of Hollywood have always, like, Elliot Gould, you know, like, have always oh, yeah, had yeah. And, you know, I like that nebbishy charm. Um, and I guess, like, after he died, I like, he died, like, I guess when social media was starting to get really big. So when he passed away, when Peter Falk passed away, like, people were sharing, um, I guess, what was it, like, 2006, 2007 when he passed on? Yeah, I think 2006, somewhere right there. Yeah, yeah, 2006, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people were sharing, um, like, clips from when he was in that Wim Vendors movie. Oh, actually, he had passed away in 2011, so it was actually pretty recent. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. recent, yeah. <clears throat> oh, really? Okay, so, yeah, I guess it was on Facebook. Then I was seeing a lot of the clips on Facebook, and then when, um, and then when, um, Net- when Columbo became available on Netflix, I just kind of binge-watched from there. Oh, so you hadn't really watched it before then? So you're kind now, of recently seeing this stuff, like, as an adult and seeing, like, oh, okay, this is actually really, oh, Well, nice. I vaguely as a child, like, I remember, like, um, watching, seeing it, like, when they would do the later episodes, like, in the 80s and 90s. Right, yeah, like, yeah. I remember seeing it on TV, and I remember asking my mom, like, why is that nosy guy looking through that guy's, like, <laughs> like, when he's talking to people and he's just, like, picking up things, when Columbo's talking and he's, like, picking up, like, pictures off of, like you know, desks, and he's just kind of rifling through things in front of him, and I'm like, why is he doing that? Like, at least a detective, <laughs> Maggie. Like, <laughs> like, that guy clearly murdered someone if Columbo's talking to him for an hour. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so when I asked that... you to actually, uh, and what episode you wanted to try out, why why did you pick this one? Um, well, Shatner. Like, oh, I, yes, of course. I mean, this was kind of a, like, a down period for Shatner, too. Yeah. But, um, I he's, mean, he's I don't really know. good in this, though. He's, he's, he's really good in this episode. I was great. surprised. Yeah. But I kind of wondered, like, if they, if they had come to him in, like, a more, when he had more momentum, like, if he was at a, in a, like, a TJ Hooker era or beginning of Star Trek, if he would have been like, wait, you want me to play the, like, hammy, difficult actor? Oh, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you would just be like, "What are you trying to say to me?" <laughs> right, right. Yeah, good point. Well, he he kind of re- he re- he plays a hammy, difficult performer in his second appearance too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which one? Oh, oh, the the, the later the, in the nineties when he's one. yeah, he's doing a Rush Limbaugh, Limbaugh style thing. character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so maybe maybe you just can't get away from it with William Shatner. But I kind of feel like oh, that's a little on the nose, like right. <laughs> well, I mean that that's an interesting point too, because like um, uh, as a viewer watching it, you might come in with that preconceived notion of him being this kind of guy. And he yeah. plays right into it, which is really, I think, interesting casting him to do this. You think, like, oh, well, yeah. He's... And actually, uh, later on in the episode, there's a direct connection to the whole Star Trek thing, too, which uh, we'll probably get to. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's really strange. Um, so, folks, opening well, it up. Of... Wait, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Well, one of the things we were talking about before we started recording, RJ and I, was that there was, there was like an implication of a Bob Crane situation with Ward Fowler. Then. Oh, yeah, yeah. With yeah. That video cam- with, with the, yeah, the weird thing at the end, because, I mean, it's kind of there. He's got the video equipment. I mean, um, that's something that happens in the episode. He's got this assistant, Mark, uh, who's this go- gopher, uh, which, to me, just kind of strikes me as this little bit of a sad character, but he's probably happy doing yeah, that, that reminds, That kind of reminds me of an autofocus of, yeah. um... Yeah, yeah, right. um, Bob Crane's kind of syncopant. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. The, the, the Willem Dafoe character was right. kind of like this, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Ward Fowler has this whole video camera set up, and there's this weird scene late in the episode where he's taping Columbo. Like, P- uh, Peter Falk just starts cracking up, and it seems like it's kind of a genuine thing, too. Like, yeah, that was yeah. sort of an improvised deal. It's just like, so he's got this elaborate, th- at, at the time, let's say I wrote it down, I think it's like he said it cost $3,000. Right. His video <laughs> camera and VCR. And it's like the size of, like, it's like the size of, it's huge. It's, well, I'm trying to think of a... Comfortable. Every piece, every yeah. piece of machinery he owns is the biggest yeah. thing I've ever seen, including the clock radio. I realize <laughs> yes, that's right. I Easily like, the size of a vacuum cleaner. I realized when I was looking for it's the size of I couldn't even find a comparison because every ma- piece of machinery I own now is so sleek. Right. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm talking to you guys on a MacBook Air, and it's like. <laughs> I know every everything. I have this uh, little telephone, and everything he used to try to uh, set up his alibi. I've got a little telephone I'm holding in my hand that does all of that. It didn't cost like, yeah. a fraction of that thing. Which, uh, yeah, we should say that. Uh, he's got this assistant. His name is Mark. And part of his alibi, uh, this, this poor bastard comes over to watch the, um, uh, the, Kansas, the Kansas City-Los Angeles Dodgers baseball game, which could not happen unless it was a World Series, and that's never happened. Um, <laughs> and drugs the guy's drink... Uh, so he falls asleep. This guy who has who has a drinking problem, yeah, he drugs him. Alcoholic. Yes, and he drugs like, oh, you want a drink? Like, oh, I know, I've been on the wagon for eight months. Now I have a drink. And, yeah, just knocks him out, resets his our, watch. Our friendship is worth a chip. Yeah, tapes yeah. tapes the uh, baseball game while the guy's passed out, commits the murder, comes back, plays game same point part that he had left, wakes him up like, hey, you passed out. It's that same pitch that you fell asleep at two minutes ago. <laughs> Puts him sleep in the bedroom, resets his watch, and that that's his big alibi for the murder. So he completely yeah. uses this this poor guy, which and I've got a little bit of a backstory for Mark. Okay, yeah. yeah you, you I think just generated one. I, I think uh he's got the cane, he's limping. I, I think I feel like maybe he was a stuntman on one of uh, Ward Fowler's movies or something like that, got injured, and so Ward Fowler just kinda kept him around to go and get cheeseburgers for him and all this other stuff, watch baseball games, be a drinking buddy, and just basically being like this sad kind of whipping horse kind of guy for him. What if, what if Ward was responsible for the injury and that's... Um... Oh, that's even better. Yes. yes. Him up. Oh, my what God. If he, what if he knew he would need a dog's body and he was just actually wounding the guy in order to make him <laughs> subservient to him? Oh, maybe. Ward Fowler is like some kind of bizarre, like uh, Richard Cronenbergian menace now. I, I would buy that because the guy gets... I have to say, I, I either hadn't ever seen this one, or I saw it when I was young enough that I didn't remember it at all. But I was not ready for how weird it got. Yeah. When, yeah. You know, a, for me, it got so weird the minute you see the outfit that... um. Oh, the Detective Lucerne wears? Yeah, to, to commit the murder. It's oh, just, that, oh, yes. The aviator glasses over the ski mask <laughs> oh. was just... Well, and then like, he, makes that, that, he makes that switch when he's doing like uh, the fake voice... And as soon as he knocks out uh, poor Tony, the uh, the deli owner, he just switches to his normal William Shatner voice, like, right. "Hello, Claire, it's me." It's like, "Oh <laughs> God, no!" Ooh. So terrible. He wants her to know that he murdered her in her last moments. Yeah, Did you get... horrible. Did you get the same kind of squicky feeling of menace when he was putting Mark to bed? Oh yes, yes. Oh, that yeah. was well, and and especially because the entire guest room is full of. 
busts of him <laughs> and f- huge photographs of him. So yeah, Why don't you just really get some strange. sleep in the sex room? Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's probably what that is for. And how? invites the ladies back there to then look at well, here's the other thing. him. Where did they get well, how great- all of these photos <laughs> and images of William Shatner? From William Shatner. Yeah, that must be his own collection, because some of them were photos. Okay, you can take those. There was a painting of Detective Lucerne. Oh, dear. In in his dressing room. Oh. Yeah. And there's, that. there's like a charcoal drawing of William Shatter. He must have just been like, I've got a whole room full of these, and just put them up. To the point where the producer's like, oh, well, no, we've got enough. No, no, I've, I've got a whole other <laughs> bunch of them in my car back then. Uh, <laughs> sure. Give them to the <laughs> set like, dresser. If, like, the backstory wasn't that he had initially had had an affair with a woman blackmailing him. I would have assumed from, like, the way... I just would have assumed that his character was a closeted gay man. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Huh. It's not possible. I mean, that, in that era of Hollywood, you know... That's it's... true. And he was Could've Canadian. Both I'm just kidding. Uh... No, I was... It's either the people from the South or Canada. I'm gonna be mean to somebody every show. I don't know. Um, oh, oh, speaking of the artwork. So later in the episode, yeah. towards the end... There's a scene uh, where it, it's uh, Columbo, Ward Fowler on the couch. They stand up and very... It's, it's right there in the shot to the right of Peter Falk. It's, oh, the picture of him... That's a drawing of James Kirk. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's William Shatner, very obviously, as James T. Kirk. It's, it's the uniform. The it's and... this little portrait of him <clears throat> as James Kirk. It's like, they know. They know what that is. Because it's so well, obviously from Star Trek. That's just a weird thing to throw in. That's still well, my question. About... If In the Columboverse, do you think Ward <laughs> Fowler played Captain Kirk? Possibly. And like, yeah, and this is, this is his second role after Star Trek, was as Detective Lucerne. Yes, Maybe. I think it's a possibility. Yeah. Well, I'm my sorry, favorite no, moment with, um, and that's okay, my favorite moment that involved art on the wall is when, um, uh, Ward Fowler walks in and Columbo's wearing his, you know, he's like playing dress up of his hat oh, yes. and his shoes. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then, and Columbo turns around with the hat on and you see, like, right behind him is that, gr- that, um, framed picture of, um, Shatner as Lucerne, like, looking so <laughs> insanely dramatic. Like, that pose is ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane. Like, that was such an amazingly well-set-up shot for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of uh, slight references to Star Trek, mm-hmm. there's a huge weird one out of nowhere in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all about this one. Uh, so, my, yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, it's it's so my strange. first note. Out of nowhere, Walter Koenig yes. shows up as... Sergeant Johnson. As like one of the cops on the scene when Clover yeah. first gets That's there. That's who that is. It's Chekhov, yeah, from Star Trek. He's just uh, playing a cop. Just shows I up, knew. plays a cop. I knew I knew him. Yeah, it's Chekhov I... from Star Trek. It's so weird. He still has, he doesn't do the full Chekhov accent. No. But he does a little bit of it. He does enough of it that it does not sound like a guy named Sergeant Johnson. Well, here's, here's the thing. Was, so um, this was over 1976. Right. How, when, when did Star Trek run? That was, um... That guy did oh, 68, 60, I think? 68, 69, was it? Yeah, they? yeah. So, had it gotten to be, like, kind of a popular thing quite yet? Like, in the mid-70s? I, th- I think by the mid-70s it already had a fandom. So, so the point where people would be kind of excited by this, tuning in to see, oh, oh, William Shatner's on this, uh, this popular uh, Columbo program, and then they probably went nuts, like, oh, what the hell is that? That's... Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like a modern-day nerd fandom culture thing. I'm sure it was a very small population, but I bet there must have been yeah. a crowd that lost their mind a little bit about it. Right. Oh, yeah, no, if there was an internet, it would have... Oh, yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. There, there would have been, on, on, the mid-70s, on the mid-70s Tumblr, there would have been a ton of GIFs about it. A lot yeah, of people saying yeah. stick around till after the credits and uh... <laughs> when there's something uh, well, what was okay so th- he was detective jimmy or sergeant jimmy or what was Sar- his... sergeant johnson johnson thank you um no but wasn't he a little too like jovial at the crime scene he, he, was, was. he was a little bit light about it yeah yeah he did he, was... he did gun fingers Oh, that's right. Yes, he's he said, to, and she yeah. was shot right over. Click, and he did little gun fingers to show where she was shot. It felt like they might have been setting him up for a little bit of a spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was having way too much fun at that crime scene. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what? Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, I mean, like uh, Jerry Orbach. That's kind of stuff he would have done. 
True. In Law and Order, maybe. Yeah, he was just, uh, that smile that big at a cross. Like, that's true. It would teeth. just be something sardonic and sarcastic and a bit cold and dark about like what yeah, a lousy the, city. Jerry Orbach would have been hard boiled. Like, no, like that dude. You could see all his teeth. Like he was. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because he was, he was, ha- he was, he was happy because he knew Shatner was probably eventually going to get nailed for first degree murder. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah so he was probably happy about that. That was kind of the weirdest part. Is that. I'm I'm not huge into Star Trek lore, but uh, uh, I thought the only guys on the cast that Shatner ever got along with were Nimoy and uh, DeForest Kelly. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, yeah. but, uh, everyone else hates him. Yeah, yeah. So so Chekhov was on the or Koenig was on this episode and probably just like sneering the whole time at Shatner or just like I can't believe I have to work with this guy again. Uh, I don't know. It uh, it made when I saw to, him on it. So they never had to interact. No. Well, I they're, telling, they're telling Kaning the concept. Are he's a typical actor? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a stretch. <laughs> well, we got a good director on this one. <laughs> well, they also kind of hit like a lot of the kind of sore points for Shatner at that time, like his height. Yes, yes, yes yeah. that's a weird thing that came up. Well, that's actually one of my favorite uh, things when. Um, <laughs> Uh, when it first comes up, uh, when Columbo is questioning Tony, the uh, the owner of the deli, who I felt terrible for. Um, yeah. What's he asking about, like, uh... oh, yeah. He's asking, like, well, how tall was he? He goes, eh, not a big guy. About your height. And then Columbo, there's this great pause that uh, Peter Falk does, like, <clears throat> so average height. And then right. the guy yeah. sticks in a bit more. It's like, or a little shorter. I loved that. That was such a good weird <laughs> yeah. joke thing. But, yeah, the height thing keeps coming up over and over and over again. And at the end... <laughs> Too. That's actually like an insecurity with William Shatner is, is yeah. height. And they kept going into it. I mean, what was oh, at the yeah. end, too, uh, they bring up, like, uh, when, when he's kind of wrapping it all up, um, Falk brings up the uh, whole uh, height thing, and Shatner gives a little bit of a wince at that, and then they cut to uh, uh, Claire's husband's secretary, who just kind of crosses her arms, like, oh, you're shorter than everyone thinks, are you? Which is such a weird <laughs> cutaway reaction Really to do. judgmental. Like, it's well, that... this weird kind of comedy thing towards the end when he's wrapping up the murder. It was just so odd. Well, that, and they also kept, there was also jabs at him, like, you know, the effort he has to make to keep his weight down, too, because, you know, he's sitting there with the carrots and the salad. Oh, that, yes. Right. When he off, like that scene in the trailer where he just yeah. offers Columbo something from that giant relish tray. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, the only thing they were missing was a shot at his hair. Like, that's the only thing that was... <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, spe- speaking of that, when yes. I was doing my research for this episode, I found a website mm-hmm. that tracks Shatner's toupees across oh, his I many roles. Website, yeah. yeah. And this one, uh, and this episode gets its own page. Wow. To track uh, the use of his toupee, which I guess I didn't look that... With Shatner, I don't know if you even notice toupees anymore. No, I mean, it's just, I kind of yeah. just take it for granted. It's like, yeah, the guy wears one. He always has. Right. I don't need, I, you don't look at it that much, but apparently no. this was a, a prominent one, according oh. to the yeah, site. Yeah. yeah, it was a bit curly. It was a bit full. He looked like he should have been in a bit in, like, a band in the mid-aughts. Like, that's the kind of... <laughs> <laughs> he does have two... Actually, looking at the photos I've grabbed for the, uh, for the screen caps, he definitely has at least two different ones in this episode. Oh, <laughs> He's got one for Detective Lucerne, which is very boofy and and quite large and quite thick. And then when he's merely Ward Fowler, he's got a uh, a more relaxed Lee Majors kind of cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That that might be intentional. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was actually. Yeah. So that's nice. Well, there's here's the thing. Like that, it's kind of I didn't even think about it. You guys bring this up that it is pointing at a lot of uh, sore points and a lot of odd sort of uh, preconceptions people have about Chetner. He does really well with it in this episode, though. I mean, he, yeah. he's really good in this. His performance in this, it's one of the best things I've ever seen him do. He's well, really also, good. Like, I kind of grew up with the, um, you know, just hearing the impressions of Shatner acting. Right, yeah. And this is the first time I became acutely aware of, like, the, this weird commas he inserts. Yes. Into his uh, delivery. Like, um, he, when was he's... Really, he was really laying those on in this thing, too. Yeah. Well, when he was walking with Claire through the lot in his bathroom, he's like, also, the way I used to make love to you, like it's like yes. when played, that's when I really became acutely aware of like, oh wow, that really like all those like growing up in those impressions of Shatner and how he in like the Shatner cadence, I was like, oh wow, okay, that's what everyone's that's what it is, yeah. So like this, also, this, oh sorry, gotcha. 
the the specific scene you mentioned also leads to the least convincing sensual touch yeah. that I've ever seen. Oh, where she, she tries to put her hand on his chest in sort of a you know reminiscently uh, passionate way, and it it just looks like she's covering a, a bright light that's in her eyes. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a flashlight in there, and it's right in her face, and she can't take it anymore. Well, okay, can we also talk about the fact that, you know, like, there's all that not-so-subtle class antagonism in Columbo, and in this oh, case, yeah. the only, like, the only person that is even remotely broken up about the fact that Claire is dead is the working class, you know, like, deli owner. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Where everyone else, it's business as usual, there's Pretty no, much. you know, there is no time off from making business deals, from shooting, from... No one is grieving other than the deli owner. Yeah, that's the it. The guy who made her sandwich. Yep. Sid, Sid Daly's actually seems really put out like, oh, I can't believe she got murdered again. Yeah. Well, they had, they their marriage was on the, uh, wasn't so yeah. great. So, oh, actually. They uh, still this... had a business partnership, though. I mean, they're still. Mm-hmm. Well, this is uh, diverting a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. interesting point that this episode, um, the secretary with which she was having an affair, uh, that actress, um she... Sure, this Denise, is right? yeah. This is where she and Peter Falk met. They got married a year later. Were married up until uh, he passed away in 2011. No kidding. Yeah, that's yeah. his. That's his future wife. They met on this episode. I did not that's, go, Peter. Yeah. Falk. Wow. Yeah, they got married a year later, and they were married the whole time straight through. She was on like I think, I think she was on three episodes after this. One more in the 70s. Uh, I think, okay. I think she was on six. Actually. Oh, six. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was on a whole bunch. She's of them. she's only a murderer once. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> but she's I'm on like, a bunch. Of oh, wait, oh, wait. a murderer once, a bride never. I don't know what that. Is that the old expression? Uh, I don't know what that. Yeah. Yeah, she's in she's in six different movies according to IMDb, okay. uh, in, including that really weird one, Undercover, which I hope we get to someday. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, this is so. There's a bit of a That's romantic sweet. thing there that, yeah, they met making this thing, which I think is kind of nice. That's really sweet. Yes. Okay, so, like, in all the episodes of Columbo I've seen, like, Columbo varies, like, the persona. Like, he's, like, he gets more or less bumbling for, for each, um, you know, forever he's dealing with. But in this one, didn't he seem like he was almost playing, like, slow? Oh, yeah, no, he was. And, and, and Shatner's character calls him out on that, too. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's pretend for a minute that you're not stupid. And... Columbo cops to like, all right, fine. Because it's this weird game they're playing back and forth where Shatner's Mm -hmm. Shatner's character almost believes that he is kind of the detective sometimes and trying to match which the real detective when he's just an actor play acting. It's it's so bizarre with that, especially towards the end when he's referring to himself in the third person as Detective Lucerne talking about like, oh, well, I asked Ward Fowler, even though he is Ward Fowler. It gets so bizarre. I, I kind of feel like he he kicked that into gear when he knew he was caught. Oh yeah, yeah. That because... felt like that felt like his his like. All right, well, if I already know I'm going down, I might as well just play around with this. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, th- I think it's it's especially the uh, the big scene, the long scene in his trailer, mm-hmm. where they both know that Columbo has him dead to rights, and it's just a matter of time. Yeah, and that's when it gets really interesting. There's this one thing where um. Because Columbo will keep asking him about, like, oh, well, what would you think would happen? Like, just trying to, like, string him along his ego. And uh, Shatner will say, like, oh, well, I think it might be this and this and this. And there's a one point where uh, Columbo goes, like, oh, you know what? That's actually very good. And Shatner goes, like, you know what? I think you actually mean that. Because yeah. he knows. Yeah, it, it, it's it's such a great moment. Yeah, well, there's a great if... relationship in this film, in this, uh, this episode. Well, if we that... want to credit Ward Fowler with anything as a character, he's at least able to detect other people acting. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, just... he's he's maybe the one of the very few killers in the history of Columbo that knows when Columbo is pretending to be. Him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also the I mean everyone everyone else at Columbo deals with they eventually actually get angry with him where Ward Fowler never does. No, like, he never does. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. You're right. Usually you're always like, "Oh, you're back again." Fowler's okay with it. He he's, happy, yeah. he's happy to see him. Yeah, I I was saying before we started recording that I I was sort of sad to know that Fowler had killed uh, uh, Daly, Claire Daly, because yeah. I kind of wanted them to team up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? I I was really enjoyed their their energy together. Well, that and when he, when when Fowler refers to them as says Sherlock and Sherlock. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's well, interesting no, there's, about there's, that too oh, is that we're speaking of the class structure. 
that Lucerne is clearly meant to be the kind of television detective or fictional detective that Columbo's an answer to. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Definitely, and they definitely. they shouldn't work well together, but they found a way to make that to make that play after all. Well, there's also, I mean, he's also aspirational for, um, like, Lucerne's also aspirational for Fowler because he comes from humble beginnings. Right. I mean, yep. he came from, and he's like a criminal. He's a deserter and yes. led to Canada to. Well, that's the thing too. Like, when, when before we find out that he. Um, deserted and fled to Canada, we find out that, oh, he's from Canada, which just like Shatner, which is another weird sort of blurring of yeah the real life and the actor. Yeah, that, that was actually kind of strange. When he, when they first said that, like, oh, wait a minute, that's that's interesting they threw that in there for this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I, I should... I'm oh, sorry. I was thinking about the, the breaks they, they showed when this thing was originally on, because for us it's an hour and... Maybe an hour, it's not quite an hour and a half. Right, it's yeah. like eighty some minutes, but it was a two-hour movie with commercial breaks. So every time they added new beats to his backstory or new beats to his motive, it was probably separated by a good three and a half minutes of commercials. Right. Yeah. Which gave the audience time to pot, let that information sink in. Whereas for us, we're watching it and we just get seven or eight different stories in a row. Right. Yeah. It's like it's a little weird because it keeps switching and yeah. Um, I'm trying to look through my notes or something else too. Well, oh. I've got. I've got one thing in my notes I'd love yes. to get to. That shark. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that... I was wondering about bringing that up because um, that just blatant, strange commercial for Universal Studios Hollywood's brand new attraction, <laughs> the mm-hmm. shark thing on their uh, studio tour ride, because it had just opened up a year mm-hmm. before... No, the year of uh, this episode being filmed. So it is kind of just a strange ad thrown into the middle of the episode for this new thing. If you got to Hollywood, uh, you'll be able to see the terrible fake version of the shark from Jaws, if you'd like Come to. Come see Tim the Shark, the Muppet Shark from... <laughs> it was so yeah. strange. And why were they going over, like, the production stuff right there next to the Amity Island <laughs> right, I, is it for, attraction? Uh, I love how flustered he made the co- everyone else out of his thing. <laughs> oh, oh I, yeah, because he says, like, hey, is, it, is that the shark from the picture? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, that does look like the shark from the picture. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't help that. The guy is such a jerk to him about it. <laughs> sorry, I can't help he doesn't look like the shark from the movie. <laughs> the one well, thing the guy... I also love, like, um, when he's talking about how much his wife... When Columbus is talking about how much his wife loves Detective Lucerne. Ah, yes, that's also a thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the uh, recurring themes of the show. That's a big one that's in this one, yeah. But it's also, it kind of brings out the, um, you know, it kind of brings out that age-old debate. Like, do you think his wife actually exists? I mean, there's like... Right. I mean, do you, if she does exist, does she really like, you know, this show? Or is she just kind of like, a, you know, this device? That's, well, that, that's the last time I wondered about that, yeah. too. If he ever goes home and just, she, he says, oh, I told somebody I really like this uh, this musician. She's like, I don't like that music at all. Yeah. Like, I had to. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I, listen, I never listened to Tommy Jones or whatever his name was. Uh, I'm sorry. I know, but yeah. Tommy yeah, Brown. like she comes home like, all right, who was I Tommy tonight? Brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to assume my, my love of Columbo as a character is predicated on, on the idea that he only has two things going on in his life. Is that he is a, a relentless and dedicated homicide detective in the LAPD and that he is the most indulgent husband in the world. Right. <laughs> he, he never tells his wife like how was work today honey and he like put away eight murderers but all he'll say is it was a good day sweetie and then like do you want to go see a movie whatever you want to see sweetheart and then they go see a movie because he's you know. working all crazy hours he has to make it up yeah. a lot yeah yeah he's out there all night he's she, doing all... she keeps a good house she's a wonderful woman she eventually pilots the uh, uh, starship that's right yeah. she she eventually oh, goes to prison I hope we never get to that <laughs> I hope we never get to talking about I'm going this show. to I'm going to make you do Mrs. Columbo. Oh, we'll see. Maybe, know, there might be a special episode where you look at one of those or something. I don't know. We'll see. Is Mrs. Columbo canon though? I mean, is it? It's no. not, they pulled it. They pulled it from being uh, Mrs. Columbo. I think halfway through its run because it did so badly. Yeah, it's completely eliminated. I think they eliminated any reference to it being Mrs. Columbo or being related to the other show at all because it just did horribly the critics but i think even the initial like even the initial like connection was really tenuous well, he, I was, think. he was never on it she would just refer yeah. to her husband who was a detective that's it yeah 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 they changed it they changed the name of the show to kate colombo and then they changed it from that again to, yeah to just kate or something like like yeah. the kate mysteries or something 
<laughs> uh, yeah, they were not. They were they they backed off of that real quick, so it's not canon. But I still kind of want to check one out. Um, I was going to bring up. Uh, speaking of the uh, the sequence um, with the uh, Jaws shark, yeah. yeah, you you noticed something, John? I didn't see till I went back after you told me about it. Uh, what was it? Well, he he sees the shark. The shark spits water at him because that's what the shark most menacing people. Yes, the most menacing part of Jaws is when shark when Jaws shows up and then spits water at the boat. Uh, but. Uh, Falk throws his arms up, and there's this perfect chalk circle on the back of his overcoat. Which you don't see actually happen and for, like, another two scenes or oh. so. Yeah, when like he talks ten, to Ward Fowler. ten minutes yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. Ten minutes later, Ward Fowler is drawing a little chalk circle on his back. Yeah. so That's how gonna... desperate they were to get that Universal Studios plug-in, because they could have <laughs> dropped that scene, no problem. Oh, yeah. But or they had to get else, the yeah. advertising in. Yeah. That's so strange. Am I? By the way, am I misremembering? But was there like a a seventy another seventies sitcom that did a special episode at Universal Studios? Oh, a few shows did. Uh, different Strokes did. I think there was an okay. episode of Night Rider when they went by there. I think a bunch of shows <laughs> went by there. Yeah, I, but also I kept another weird it was thing was the Brady Bunch. Oh, uh, they probably did. Who knows? They yeah. might have. Another weird thing is too, because I mean, the Jaws thing is also interesting, and I don't know if it was in the back of the heads of the producers, because I mean. A few years before making Jaws, Steven Spielberg directed the first, like, regular episode of Columbo. Sure. Yeah. So, who knows? Like, oh, yes, kid made good. We'll promote the ride based on his huge film. Now that he'll never be near us ever again because he's making boatloads of money. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that level of altruism is inherent in film production. Well, you just don't believe in people, John. No, I believe in ha- people. I believe in hearts. I'm a hater. I believe in art. I believe people who make art artists, they always feel that kind of love. Uh, can I, I want to, really quickly, my next note for this episode yes. uh, is if you combine William Shatner and Peter Falk, you get William Faulkner. Okay. All right, that was the next note. Well, that's, that's, that's quite a note, John. <laughs> Deleting that one. There, yeah. was, uh, there was one other thing, actually, that I did like, uh, but speaking of the film industry, mm-hmm. is how busy they tried to make the film sets look because they are packed with extras whenever uh what that's, was that's, that that's some south philly fireworks for everybody <laughs> oh, really? at, least, at least at least i hope <laughs> we'll see perhaps um, perhaps this podcast will use in some sort of trial we'll see who knows maybe it'll be evidence is oh, is yeah, boy. what's great is that i've recorded all of my parts of this show and i've been playing them back and I'm actually Wait, in what? RJ's apartment now to murder him. Oh, great. <laughs> Just like a Columbo episode. And uh, this podcast will be my evidence. It's going to be amazing. I'm scared now. You but the, they were doing the thing where people were walking all around the set constantly. And they actually had, I don't know that I've seen this in too many other shows. And I think this was to to drive home like the weird breaking of the of the fourth wall they established. But they had extras walking between the camera and the actors. Oh, yeah. A lot of scenes where, especially where uh, if Shatner was leading Falk to any part of the set, all of a sudden, extras would come walking between the camera and the actors. Like right away. Oh, it's a hive of activity. It's busy. Keep them going. (laughs) Just women have getting their hair done in the background, like... Right. I'm surprised it wasn't yeah. like, you know, like they do on uh, Saturday Night Live, they did in 30 Rock, where you would just see, like, oh, look, there, there's a guy in a bear suit. There's an Abraham Lincoln <laughs> walking by. There's a bunch of chorus girls. There were a few of those, <laughs> and I, that's one of my favorite things about uh, any movie from the 70s or 80s that took place on a Hollywood set, is there's always, like, a bunch of Vikings in the background. Vikings, spacemen. Only, you know what? There kind of wasn't like that. When he walked out of the, uh, the soundstage with uh, Mark, yep. the gopher, there was some guy dressed like a caveman or some sort of Viking or something like that walking past the trailer. Because, hey, think I, we're I, in Hollywood! I think I saw a magician. Dream too. Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Mark bragging about his watch for a minute? Sure. The ugliest sure. damn thousand dollar watch yeah. I've seen in my life. Yeah. That thing's terrible. Oh, but it's it's platinum. I think he got took. He got took. Yeah. It it cost one third of a video camera. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that <is> so <laughs> how how many silver certificates could you have bought with that oh, watch? That made me feel like such a weird baby. What? Okay. There's some time because I'm, I'm a I'm a full grown adult. I feel like I know the world. I have, uh, you know, I I have responsibilities. I pay taxes. I have accounts, and then 
this character on a TV show mentions that she loves silver certificates. I, of all the things. Of all, of all the, the things. things. And I literally had no idea what they were, except that I oh. understood. I got that same feeling you get when you hear your parents talk about money when you're a little kid, and you have the <laughs> most abstract idea of what it is. It's kind of odd, like, oh, yeah, silver certificates. Right. My, mental, my mental image was definitely of a Willy Wonka ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, dude, can we talk about um, Shatner skulking back into the um, prop room with the gun? Oh, with his yeah. outfit, his hat, his coat? Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> after after putting putting the string that he had carefully... I don't know. You know what? I gotta give credit to uh, Warwick Fowler. The, 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 the thought to, like, okay, I need to set up this later on. I'm gonna snag this button from my coat on this loose thread on this guy's mohair sweater. Like, how would you think to do that? It kind of made the reveal of the fingerprint on the bullet seem kind of anticlimactic when it's like, yes, how how well he kind of laid out. I mean, all right, the the deli part is ridiculous, but like everything else, how much he orchestrated, like, and it came down to the fingerprint on the bullet. Like, (laughs) it it was Bobby. That that's kind of like his reaction was great too. There's like pause because like, ah, I had to forget something. And this this is one where it's it's a really good. Uh, reaction at the end to being caught uh, for yeah. him, where he just, I mean, this whole thing where they've been going back and forth, almost like with uh, Columbo treating him as a colleague and yeah. equal for a while. I mean, that, that's one thing I love, that last scene uh, where they bring the uh, the ex, the, the, well, I guess sort of is an ex-husband, she's dead, uh, the ex-husband in, <laughs> and Falk's saying, Lieutenant Lucerne, he's, he's like, would you stop calling him Lieutenant Lucerne? He's Ward <laughs> Fowler. Stop calling him the character's name. Um, so yeah, at the end, uh, when he's calling, what's, what's, what's his line? Oh yeah. Like the last line is, is Shatner going, Lieutenant, you would do me an enormous favor if you stopped calling me sir. Yeah. And that's, that, that's such a great last line. It is. And he, he delivers it so well too. It's yeah. Well, also the way he kind of justifies getting caught. It's like, well, of course I got caught. You know, I always play the detective, not the murderer. I'm never the murderer. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. He didn't yeah. have the rehearsal for being a murderer. Yeah. He wasn't able to yeah. rehearse it, which is so <laughs> bizarre. I kind of imagine, like, when, like, I ima- try to imagine, like, what is said to Shatner before, the director says to Shatner before, he, like, just behave how you would behave if you were in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Maybe. Blame your writer, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's a thing, too. Like, the, the whole, when we talked about this a little bit, uh, John and I did before the show, where... I mean, I guess you didn't have time to maybe bring other characters like that into it. You got a tight schedule to show... Uh, but the fact that it, it's treated like, oh, this this Ward Fowler character playing uh, Detective Lucerne, he just always was the one who came up with the plots and always was the one who came up with these murder mysteries and stuff like that. It, like The fact that writers had to write his episode, it's never brought up at all, not even for a second. The writers yeah. of his show, it's never even vaguely mentioned or any of it. Which well, you kind of get the feeling from his character that he's the kind of guy rewriting his lines all the time. Oh, <laughs> yes, probably. You know what I mean? Yes. Acts change lines. Like he's, yeah. You get the feeling he's he's that kind of actor. Right, right. No, that's, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, there's also just something really dark about Columba for as polite and, like, genial and respectful as he treats. There's something dark and sadistic in the way he draws it out. Yes, he, he kind of almost, because like, the guy... Lord Fowler, he's got some problems. Yeah. He's got some problems with reality back and forth. And, and Columbo really kind of plays on it. Yeah. Which is really straight. And yeah, the not nicest kind of way. Like, he doesn't... Cause, yeah. Because Columbo usually knows between, like, a half hour and 45 minutes. And he usually has enough to go on. Right. I think he knew right from the get-go this time. But he when he always first allows met him. these people to hang themselves. And it's like... He just got. He did. There's got to be some dark, perverse joy in just like dragging them out and dragging them out and frustrating them, even though he already yeah. knows enough to nail them. Like, well, I mean, this one he just lets him do weird things. Like, uh, oh, when they're on the couch, yeah, and it's it's a weird scene where Shatner's character is speaking as the detective character, talking about his you know himself in the third person. Like, uh, he says like uh, Columbus is like, uh, why don't we just ask Ward Fowler if he was right. being blackmailed or not? And Shatner says, oh, I asked him. He claims not. It's like, no, yeah, that's he's... you! That's you saying that! You're insane! <laughs> and the pleasure that, that Columbo gets from feeding into his delusion. Yes! Oh, man, he totally does! It's so bizarre! There is something so dark under Columbo's surface. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> That's the thing they started doing in the movies in the late 80s and 90s where Columbo would actually have like moments in a bar or moments with uh, with actors, with characters that he was supposed to have known for years where all of a sudden a lot of the levity just drops. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Undercover's, again, a weird one and not the one I would always go to for... Oh, but you know that horrible George Went episode? Yeah, I keep hearing about again, this. Boy, I still be, can't wait to get to that. We've got to get to it. Ashley uh. uh, does have a scene where Columbo is just... He drops all the levity while dealing with basically an Italian crime lord. Oh, and and bears the entire weight of his profession in a really convincing way. Oh, weird! Yeah, it's in the future coming. All right. In the meantime, he's just still a light kind of goofy, mischievous elf. But still, guy. with like Maggie says, the kind of dark stuff where he just does string these people along, just let them yeah. dig themselves deeper and deeper into these bizarre, sad holes. Well, we like talked in the in the in the pilot episode. We talked about how the way the character handles being found out, the way the murderer handles right, it, yeah, usually tells you if they're meant to be sympathetic or not. Right. <clears throat> and so, uh, I'm not sure if if Ward Fowler is meant to be likable or meant to be like the good kind of murderer. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very because strange he's, mur- he's murdering to free himself from some. You know, he's murdering to right. free himself. Something illegal and predatory and exploitive. So uh, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe he is a little bit. So I think, yeah, maybe he didn't. He Columbo didn't feels, No, he's not at all. No, he's like, right. ah, that's the thing I screwed up. All right, you got me. Dead to rights. I, I still love that he blames his writers. But I mean, it's, yes, it's, in the Columbo universe, everything about Hollywood and show business is so immoral. From oh like, yeah, definitely. Like, there's no one that's <laughs> right. Yeah, even if you're just um, oh, what's that one that the Robert Culp one I want to get to where he makes the uh, films and cuts in the um, subliminal mm. messages. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. I mean, it's yeah. He cries at the end of that one. It's so bizarre. Um, so what was the one thing I was gonna? Oh, let me look. Oh yeah, uh, one weird thing, and uh, I haven't seen a lot of the 1990s ones in ages, uh, but John, mm. the the end song that they use in those, the end theme is like an arrangement of this old man, right? Yes, correct. Um, this, it's, it's kind of strange. I don't know if that's some inside joke or something that Peter Falk loved, because um, as he's puttering around by himself in Ward Fowler's trailer, looking at the shoes, he's mm. humming this old man to himself. There are a lot of episodes where he hums it. Weird. Okay. And they, they use it as I, an I really interst- would love to know what the deal is with that. Uh, they used it as an interstitial. I think, uh, what's that one? The Bye Bye Sky High IQ Murder Club or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. Right. But it's really it's a frivolous, weird title. But uh, they actually make a, I think it's used as the music in it, oh. and he actually explains that he likes the tune. Oh, and there's there's one in the '90s where he asks a a music student slash lover of a murder victim to teach him how to play it on the piano. So it's like just some song that uh, Peter Falk is obsessed with, I guess. Maybe I guess you know? the idea is that Colum- Columbo's mind works like a machine, and the sound of that machine is this old man. Oh, yeah. That's not a bad theory. Maybe he it describes is. it. He describes it to the music student in that episode as being. Oh, there's a song my wife really likes, but there's a uh, chance that he's he's just saying that to make the music student feel better about having a dead lover. Oh, because that's what you say. Yeah. My, let's sing a song my wife loves. Sorry, your lover died. Yeah. <laughs> so well, like, was... in this scene where um okay so in this scene where Columbo's trying on the clothes it's like. Yeah. Next to like the um, the scene where they're filming each other, it's like the most one of the most charming. Yes, but um, can you imagine like if there was actually Shatner walking in and someone was trying on his hat, like he would just decapitate them. Oh, maybe, <laughs> possibly. Well, I mean, they're, 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 the first time we see him, uh, see Shatner's character, uh, they're shooting a scene for their show, and this guy playing the butler comes in, flubs a line. Everyone on set's like, "Ah oh, ha ha, what a mess up!" And Shatner just says to the director, "Replace him." Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just completely cold. Just get rid of this guy. He said that word badly. Whatever. He's gone. Fired. It's like Jesus, that is, dude. That is the weird portrayal of Ward Fowler. Is that he? He does two horrible things. Or I guess three horrible things at the beginning of the show, including the murder. Gets, yes. Yeah, murders a guy, uh, drugs an alky friend of his, and uh, and fires uh, just a well-meaning it's like, yeah, it's extra. Main, yeah, it's like a day part guy. And then the rest of the show, he turns out to be really amiable and charismatic. Which, again, may be the Shatner experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Again, go back to uh, probably Walter Koenig watching this episode at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's him. 
<laughs> Walter Koenig's so Actually, upset he doesn't get to see him in action. Not just him. Like, it, it's everybody on the cast except for uh, DeForest Kelly and Leonard Nimoy all got together at somebody's house. I'm gonna yeah. say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say uh, James Dewan's house. Yeah, big bowl of popcorn, some beers. <laughs> like, ha <laughs> jerk. They're probably oh, so got him. they don't get to see him in handcuffs. Like, that's actually... Yeah, yeah. Koenig's on the phone to the studio. I thought we were going to see him get the chair. No, that's what the, the script. The script you gave me said he'd we'd see the trial. <laughs> what is this? All right. Uh, so then what do you guys uh, think of this episode? Good one? I thought it was a good one. I mean, I once I've seen, this is one of my yeah. favorites that I've seen so far. I think the this one, I mean, with this one, I think it's more of a character episode where you're not, you almost don't really care how Columba figures it out. Right. Mm-hmm. You're more interested in the interplay with him and Chatner. Yeah, because it was great. I mean, the two yeah. of them together, their scenes, eh, I'm going to say it, they were a joy to watch. Yeah. Like, in fact, in fact, the revelation is kind of eh, like, you know, or. Yeah, it was, it was kind of anticlimactic to say like, oh, fingerprints and the bolts. All right, whatever. But I saw... You know, 90 minutes of a really good, interesting interplay before that, so... You saw a really interesting character study for... Yes, yeah. yeah. Right. So... I uh, I would rank the chemistry that Shatner and Falk have up there with the Falk, McGowan, Falk, Culp... Oh, you know what? Wow, And really? Falk, Cooper. Yeah. I, I Well, you know, I'm... Uh, did I say Cooper? Yeah, who Cooper? Mean? I didn't know who you meant. I... Uh... I'll, Boy, I'll tell you. Oh, I got oh a, Jack a, Cassidy, Jack Cassidy. Yeah, I got a yeah, long yeah. way around to that. I was thinking of Jackie Cooper for well, some he, reason. Oh yeah, he, he's the the, uh, the politician, the one. I want to see that one for sure too. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. where I was getting confused. Um, but uh, yeah, the Jack. I think it was it was one of his top tier uh, chemistries. Oh yeah, I it was really great. enjoyed watching. I, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of wish that. Oh, sorry, about that, guys. <laughs> uh, I, kind, I kind of wish that he had been like one of the more recurring ones, like those guys. Yeah. Were. Because I would have liked to have seen him play other characters. But then maybe it wouldn't have worked out if he had been playing somebody not like this. Yeah, because his, his second appearance admittedly was a decade and a half later. But it wasn't. It didn't hold up. Like maybe he had to play your preconception it, of a William Shatner type of guy for it to work out really well. Or maybe he yeah, would have been good playing something else. Because otherwise, I mean, I think it had to be that dynamic. Because otherwise, like... Falk is such an effortless actor where you even forget he's mm-hmm. acting, and Shatner right. is actor of capital A. But it, but it balanced, but the ballot too balanced each other out perfectly in this episode. Right. I thought, yeah, yeah, but this was good. Thank you for picking this one. This is actually this is great. Oh yeah, I, great. I, I was pleasantly surprised and creeped out. Yeah, good. <laughs> dude, this freaking like denim jumpsuits that Chatner's wearing. I know. Oh, it's a wide array. And the necklaces oh. in that house. It's all like strange. what he wears when he's lounging around. Is that what? <laughs> Oh, oh one, one other thing I want to bring up. Uh, the, the, there were a lot of very good, uh, given the name of the show, uh, a lot of good um, just one more things in this. I think the best yeah. one is the last one. Because the last one, they're kind of done talking, and he walks all the way down that long hallway. before yeah. he tur- And it's just like the shot, looking down there. It gets smaller and smaller, and it takes such a long time until he does that final, oh, just one more thing. And then it's, yeah. That was almost like a parody of one more thing. It was, was a little bit. Like- and this is what this is the third no sixth season this is sixth sixth season, season. It's yeah sixth season so yeah. people were used to it so yeah they they probably were kind of playing with it a little bit by then yeah know. so very good episode uh, now let's talk about current Columbo events I guess I don't tell this uh, recently in the news early internet news whatever passes for it uh, there's a screenwriter his name is Gary Witta he uh, posted to uh, Twitter a few weeks ago uh, just kind of the idea the notion uh, probably half joking but it's not a bad idea of uh, Mark Ruffalo uh, playing Columbo, and Mark Ruffalo actually responded. The guy, he would be up for it. And I know, Maggie, uh, you have been an advocate of this whole idea for a while. How did you feel actually seeing the fact that people who could work to make these things happen, including Mark Ruffalo himself, uh, was like, yeah, I'd, I'd play Columbo, sure. Well, not only did he say he would, but he had tried. and the- Yes! That's like, crazy! That- that this is something that he tried to put in motion and couldn't because of licensing and ah, universe. I guess Universal trying to do a do a Columbo reboot. I, that would be I, the thing. The thing is, like they keep t- kept talking about in terms of a movie, and I don't know if that's. I think it'd be good if it was like a TV show thing instead. You know, like do the and I know your feelings on this subject. Do something like the uh, the BBC Sherlock model, where you have like three or four like 90 minute episodes like uh, once every year and a half or two years or something like that how would you feel about a, an HBO style Columbo series oh yeah 12 episodes hour long each huh 
like an I'm, overarching story with a bunch of episodic inf- uh, fillers. I'm just I'm not like a jazz on how dark. I know they tried to make it. Oh, uh, they probably would. Yeah. Like there's a levity that in Columbo that isn't very in vogue now in television and even mm. like, I think that, I mean I think Columbo's an inherently dark character, but I think that's more implied and under the surface. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I think like I mean I think in original Columbo the suspicion is always the wife doesn't exist, but I think that would be made explicit if they like did an HBO. <laughs> no, you're yeah, right. They, they, would, they would make it some sad thing, some sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. Sad She's been dead for ten years, and he lives and he in pretends a... that. Yeah, and he just goes yeah. home and talks to her, like talks to a picture of her or something. Like, <laughs> I mean, that that's a thing that they would have to, because I mean, it, it was such a strong character, but in a weird way, the focus wasn't on the character entirely. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, there there we had a lot of. I mean, there were a lot of quirks to it, but the quirks didn't make up the entire character. It, it, they had this weird balance. I don't know how the hell they did it between mm. that. And I think 90% of it was Peter Falk, probably. I mean, and there's mm-hmm. always that kind of inherent, that class undercurrent of, like... Which would they even, of, yeah, would they even address of, that now? Yeah, yeah, like, the salt of the earth, like, kind of, like, working, you know, this cop going into this morally bankrupt, like, upper-class upper world, like... Yeah, I mean, like, how would they go about addressing that nowadays? They even do it that much? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Ruffalo might be like I like the idea because I like his performances, but he is a very handsome guy, and even when he's he's playing a little awkward or bumbling, he still has a lot of obvious intelligence behind him. So it's interesting to think about how he would play it. It could work. Yeah, he would do rumpled really well. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd do rumpled. Yeah. But now that someone brought it up, and I can, I think, I think I can see this a little more. But I think he'd be a, maybe a better Ro- Jim Rockford. Oh, oh geez. wow! Oh jeez! Yeah, oh, man! <laughs> oh my God! You broke something wide open, Maggie. <laughs> Holy cow! So here, there, here's one too that I don't know if this guy would work. Okay, I always thought kind of Sam Rockwell would be bad. I think Ooh. Sam Rockwell's a great choice. I think I like Sam Rockwell for Columbo and um, Ruffalo for Rockford. It's what you get. You got like a six ninety-minute movies each. It alternates between the two of them each week. Yeah, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with the posh super geniuses. Like I'm done with, you know, I'm done with Sherlock. I'm, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm done with like, like where this person is almost superhuman. Like they're almost like a superhero in the way their mind works, and it's. Whereas the, the great thing too about the Columbo and also Rockford too, these guys just freaking work and they just grind it out. They just do yeah. their work. In fact, this yeah. episode was something I, I brought up the last time, where it's implied many times that. Okay, you're seeing these specific scenes where they're talking to these like main players and the thing, but it's implied. Okay, the hours before he went to go talk to that guy that day, he was all over town asking so many people things, talking to the accountants, right. talking to this person, that person, making calls here and there, doing so much work that you don't see to build yeah. the case against these people. And like the reason, like he's not, his intelligence isn't that he's like. Isn't that he's like a, a computer? It's like no. that he already has gathered so much evidence in, in his mind that he's waiting for you to talk and contradict what he knows. Exactly, yeah. yeah. To just catch you in whatever lie or tiny detail. And yeah. that's all he needs, yes. Yeah, yeah, Sam Rockwell's terrier energy would work really well for that. Yeah, and he'd, he'd be very good at the squinting. Yeah. Do you know what? Uh, I have a list. Can I have a... Of what, dudes? You could I, play. I do uh, make this a set. You know what, dudes? dudes or, I w- or maybe ladies, too. Or, or ladies. Know? Yes. I have a couple ladies. Well, I just I want this to be a segment on the show where we try to pitch new Columbos. Okay, well let's okay. go. Yes, top up top of my list: Forrest Whitaker. Oh, yeah, that okay. could definitely work. I yeah. think definitely, yeah. Holy crap! That's, that's a that good one. slow, methodical kind of pace he's got. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Got it. All right, I'll I'll hand it over to you, RJ. Do you got one? I know. I don't. I said Sam Rockwell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only guy I got. You I said you've got a list. Wanna... Oh, you don't want to use do, them all up. I don't want to use them all up. I was going to do like one an episode. Oh, okay, let's do one more. Like, uh, what, what, what are the, uh, the 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 actresses that you think would be good? Okay, hold on. Let me. I have to call them up now. Oh, you have their phone know. numbers. That's amazing. No, no. Uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, on the computer. You got to call them. Update the file on the computer to read the thing, not the ladies on the phone. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, do I want to do this one this week? All right, Dan. We Hedaya. may not have a next week. Sorry. Oh, we'll have it next week. Yeah. Dan Hedaya. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even think of him. Dan Hedaya. That's number two. Okay. Uh, I got to double check the name on this guy because I... Yep. 
So this is an actor I've always liked in cop roles, even though I think I've only seen him in one cop role, but he's a comedic actor. Uh And I always feel like he should be doing more cops. Yes. Ed O'Neill. Okay. How about about Robert Forster? Who? Robert Forster. Oh, Robert Forster would actually be good too, yeah. Yeah. I like him. That'd be good. Nice. I only had Sam Rockwell. I got nobody else. Uh, let's just, just uh, one more off the list, John, and we'll 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 save the rest for uh, subsequent things. Uh, unless you want to save them all. I mean, I don't want to save it, John. Save it. All right, let's save. I because I've only got eight. It's a cliffhanger. Oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I don't have I don't have hundreds. We, we don't want to ruin it all. It'll be a and I got I got to be hundredth episode. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Forrest Whitaker, hands down, my top though. That would be good. Yeah, man. But you know the whole the Mark Ruffalo um, as Rockford, jeez, that's really good. That would be I'd watch that. Here's here's something I'd, I'd watch six seasons of that thing. RJ, let's do this for next next week. Let's see if we can cast just between ourselves and Maggie. Feel free jump in as well, and maybe even anybody listening to the podcast. Now that I think about it, yes. Let's see. Let's cast the whole NBC mystery movie lineup. Oh my god, that's a big thing. Let's see, Snoop Sisters. Well, I do. I don't know. We don't need to go that far, but let's do the big ones like McMillan and Wife, Columbo. Oh, uh, uh, Banachek. Banachek. Yeah. Oh, All right, we'll try, let's try be, that. Who, who's the 21st century's George Prepard? I don't know. <laughs> I got to think about that. I got to think George, about that. Surely it's George Clooney. George Clooney is the George Prepard. Oh, my God. George Clooney would be amazing as Banachek. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, yes. There you go. See, you guys are better at this than I am. All right, so okay. the NBC mystery movie. We'll think of some for next week. Uh, yep. And folks uh, listening to the program... Uh, put them in the comments of this episode, which you can get to at thecityus.net slash just one more thing. Uh, just go in there, uh, log on, uh, drop your suggestions. Um, and also, if you follow us on Tumblr, uh, it's tumblr.com. Sl- well, actually, you would just say uh, teamcolumbo.tumblr.com. I believe you could also drop your suggestions there. Uh, Maggie, thank you very much for being on the program. This was a great episode. I very much appreciate you suggesting that we watch it. Thanks for having me. No, it's great. You've you've got wonderful Columbo opinions. <laughs> Bit of a Columboologist, are you? I don't know. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, thank you all uh, for listening uh, to our second episode. Thank you. Thanks everyone uh, who wrote, tweeted, forwarded around uh, the pilot one. Uh, it was it was growing pains. Our first deal. So hopefully we'll. Uh, streamline the process a bit. Uh, we'll keep doing this for a while. Uh, but like I said, you can listen to the program each time at cdesk.net slash just one more thing. And we're also on iTunes now. Uh, just go into the TV and film section or just search for just one more thing and you'll find it. Uh, so yeah, that's this edition of just one more thing. I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll uh, be talking at you about Colombo next time. Thanks. Listen, just one more thing. I was going to ask if everybody wanted to do their impression of Walter Koenig re, uh, negotiating his appearance on the show. <laughs> like, like how you don't get the cane him. <laughs> like, like, what, like what did he say? They're yeah. saying like... I will do it under these conditions. I want to beat him. <laughs> I want him pistol whipped. I want him dragged <laughs> behind a car. Think, I like to think it was more of a... Uh, they, they signed Koenig... And the uh, the casting agent for the show was uh, very excited. Yeah, we got uh, Walter Kennedy. We're going to do a scene. We got a scene set up with you, Walter, where you're going to you're going to be face to face with William Shatner. With no, that'll be a great scene. It'll be really fun for a lot of Star Trek fans. No, you know he wasn't and, really Russian. Uh, <laughs> what's that? You know he wasn't really Russian. Well, he's Lithuanian. Yeah, but he didn't have a Russian accent all the time. He had a little bit. Not, not as much. Not as much. I know. I'm I'm Boris Badnoving him. <laughs> well, things also. I, also, there's also the possibility that. Um, um, uh, George Takei turned it down. Sure. Uh, uh, James Doohan turned it down. Sure. And Nichelle Nichols might have also turned this part down. And then they got to Walter Koenig. Oh, dude, Takei would have been like, if I don't, if I don't get to hit him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the most, he is the most like bile out of all of them. Right. I, I don't get to punch Shatner in the throat. Eh, that's okay. I'll pass. <laughs> I'll be all right. So, Shatner's yes. very on brand in this episode. He's extremely on brand in this episode. <laughs> I, I understand Star Trek 
in Star Trek lore that he's really quite hated, but I've always enjoyed William Shatner on an unironic level. He can be good, yeah. I, I, didn't, I, just, like, I didn't like TJ Hooker. I thought that was a terrible show. I thought really him in other things. this episode. He was good. He was very good. His acting was really, was really good. Really good like he that kind of tousled. Like when he had the Lee Majors hair, I was like, oh wow, he was kind of cute back in the Never day. Worked, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's he is downright downright hot back in the mid sixties. He's re- I he. Them, I found them way hotter than Star Trek in this episode for some reason. Yeah, he got a few more miles on him. A little more yeah. world weary. Yeah. That kind of tousled wig really did it for me. Yeah, it was. But there's it was, there's well, then, there's surely relations like... to. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sid of Beverly Hills. I still think I think your 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 Cadillac of mid sixties gay porn, gay gay like flash. What's it called? Slash slash shipping. Yeah, should be your your nineteen sixty five Adam West and your nineteen sixty five William Shatner. <laughs> oh God! 